Welcome to Now Playing's review of Dead Trigger. Have you heard of the Dead Trigger Initiative? An elite group of soldiers. Part of Now Playing's video game movie review series. Five years after Day Zero, the first outbreak, and our world is still at war. Hosted by Justin. We only select the best. You are the best. Stuart. He's a new best friend. And Arnie. All he does is play video games in his room. This podcast may contain detailed plot spoilers and harsh language. It's our job to teach you to kill the dead before they kill you. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, rookies. Time to get your hands dirty. Today, we're pulling the dead trigger, also known as Dead Trigger Unkilled. (laughs) Unkill me, man. (laughs) Is that even a word? It isn't, and it's not what you want in an action movie. (laughs) Starring Dolph Lundgren, Autumn Reeser, Brooke Johnston, Chris Gala, Romeo Miller, and Isaiah Washington, directed by Mike Cuff for two days, and the rest of the time, Scott Windhauser. Hmm. <laughs> for the other two days. <laughs> this is Arnie. File number 8675309. I thought that was Jenny's file number. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's Stuart. <laughs> This is the J-Dog, Justin. I thought we left these movies behind with Crackle, guys. (laughs) No, I agree. I watched this movie at four in the morning today (laughs) because I couldn't bear the thought of, like, I kind of had insomnia. I had indigestion. I woke up. I'm like, well, I already feel like shit. I got to do this thing today. (laughs) Not kidding. I was just like, all right, let's just push through and you know i'll either pass out or like i'll I'll get this out of my way but ish like yeah this feels like something we've already covered nine times mostly being made by uva bowl <laughs> not just uva bowl i had a realization while watching dead trigger the worst movies i think i've ever seen are zombie movies. Mm -hmm. Not all zombie movies. Don't get me wrong. There are great zombie movies. We've reviewed the greats. We've also reviewed the not-so-greats. And I also remember when we did that Night of the Living Dead retrospective, and I Mm -hmm. watched a good dozen artificial spinoffs and Night of the Living Dead 3D zombie movies... When somebody has, like, a hundred bucks and says, I'm going to be a filmmaker, for some reason, they're like, zombie. That's the genre. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do, right? You don't even need to act. You can, everyone can do a zombie. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced everybody in this movie was tasked with doing their own zombie makeup anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. The eyeliner in this is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. I do agree. Like, they really did. Everyone saw makeup. That's for sure. But... I mean, seriously, it's, I do bring up the, was it Dead Rising? I've even repressed those Crackle movies. All I remember is there were two movies made for the Crackle Network. Yeah, it's uh, identical to this movie, except minus the sense of humor and half the budget. And plus Dolph Lundgren. 
If that is an addition <laughs> to anything, I, I think I've already gone on record as saying he sucks the entertainment value out of everything he steps into. But yes, Dolph is front and center in 2017 for, let's just put it out there, a game I've never even heard of. Arnie, what is this game? This game is a big hit. It is a first-person shooter that came out for mobile. And let's face it, mobile is the number one gaming platform these days. You can still buy an Xbox, buy a PlayStation, but things like the Nintendo DS and whatnot are losing market share constantly because your phone is more powerful, has better graphics, has color, and it's already with you wherever you go. So this isn't a virtual reality game? This isn't like a game that you would play with the Oculus Rift or something? No, this is iOS and Android. I'm even more confused now, so please continue. I played it, and it is such a throwback game. Dead Trigger came out in 2012. Put it in perspective, we're dealing with, like, the iPhone 4 around that time. You know, the iPhone would be five years old. We went from the 1 to the 3G to the 4 to the 4S to the 5. So we're in the 4 to 5 range, and the processing power wasn't near what they are today, but this w was around the time that you started getting a lot of arcade-like games on iOS. I remember there were some fighting games and things that were coming out that were huge hits. I couldn't keep up with them all. Honestly, there's so many mobile games. I never played Dead Trigger, loaded it up so I could know it for this review. It is such a throwback game that if it wasn't on a phone, I'd probably love the hell out of this. It is a first-person shooter. There's really no plot. There's no dialogue, there's no talking, you just run around and shoot zombies, and sometimes, like, text pops up and says, protect this door from the zombies, and you have to make sure the zombies don't get to the door. Sometimes it's, make it through this zombie maze, and it's just like Quake or Wolfenstein or Doom, the early ones. Yeah, I'm thinking Doom when, with this explanation. And it used to be a game that you'd buy, but then they did update it to microtransactions. The game is now free, but if you want better guns and things that are needed to take on the higher levels, you either have to sit through a buttload of long commercials or you have to give them cash. I would have happily done that for this movie. If I could give them five more bucks, could we have gotten a, like, a better actor than Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> Little Romeo? <laughs> and I played the sequel, too. The sequel came out in 2013, so not long after, but they'd really upped it by then. They changed the controls, where the worst thing for me about mobile gaming is you're just sliding your fingers around glass, and I'm sorry, I'm not Jordy LaForge, I'm not very good at the LaCars system, so I like having physical buttons to hit. And so for Dead Trigger 2, they even <laughs> removed the trigger. You didn't have to pull the trigger to fire, you just <laughs> aimed and it would shoot. Hmm. Oh, brother. Okay, this is idiot-proof, <laughs> really. <laughs> you could turn the trigger back on the first one your left thumb moved and your right thumb was the trigger and the second one you just moved mm. so <laughs> you're really selling me on this okay but it's fun if you like first person shooters and they'd added dialogue and they'd added bigger monsters and things i mean the monsters looked very resident evil or any zombie game honestly you had your slow moving zombies you had your fat zombies you had your giant monster zombies. I mean, 
zombies all around, but it was cool enough that if I had a gamepad, this would have been a lot of fun. That said, there's not a whole lot of story there. Right. Where is the movie? Uh, the movie is something that writes itself, presumably. I think that's the attitude that the filmmakers must take. If it's a hot property, we'll make it happen. Can't wait for Van Damme and Roseanne Barr to do something with Animal Crossing. You know, like we just because something's <laughs> a hit doesn't mean we need to cobble together B and C listers to make some kind of impromptu movie. Well, this wasn't impromptu. Dead Trigger 2 came out in 2013. Huge game. Exploded. They released it for Facebook 2014. And if it could compete with Farmville, you know that's something. I mean, am I supposed to be impressed? <laughs> if you didn't live through the trauma of Farmville updates on Facebook, I envy you. Yeah, I never played it, but I knew people that were. Yeah, I never played it either, but nonetheless, I still got a million requests for people who wanted me to go farm shit for them. But this movie, they started making it in 2015. And as I mentioned, this was written, directed by Mike Cuff. He'd gone and worked with Madfinger Games, the ones who made the Dead Trigger games, had a script, they liked the script, signed off on it, hired Dolph. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. If you like a script, you don't hire Dolph. He's a name. He'd been doing a lot of direct-to-video stuff, some of which has decent reviews. I've seen a couple of things he did in the late teens, but it was whatever. But I read he did some good stuff, and I could see why you would want a name for this. But then Dolph got there, and after two days, he pulled the plug on production. Uh-oh. <laughs> he demanded a total script rewrite, bringing in Scott Windhauser, who had worked with Dolph on his previous direct-to-video abomination. Okay, great. <laughs> so he does a diva thing. Is that the reason why this thing is feels so choppy? Well, Mike Cuff only filmed for two days, and when Dolph did his thing, Mike Cuff quit. Madfinger Games has disowned this movie, saying that the new script was so far and away from anything that the original script was, they want no part of this. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> but filmed around 2015, surprisingly. I couldn't believe this. I waited through the credits to find out what Romanian province this was filmed in. This was filmed in the States, in Utah. And Cancun. Okay. It wasn't Hawaii, though. They kept talking about, we're taking the dead triggers to Hawaii. I'm like, I don't see a palm tree. I don't see a beach. <laughs> I looked it up, too, because I was certain that they were doing something kind of gauche and just filming on location in some, like, hurricane-hit abandoned <laughs> area. But it was partially shot in Cancun as well. There's enough people in this movie with accents to make me think they were hiring locals. But mm. then this movie was taken to the Moscow International Film Festival. Now, this was before the Ukraine. I don't think the Russians deserved this. <laughs> now, I say bomb them with copies of Dead Trigger. Make a trilogy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we can fight back. If this, was made, if this is American-made, we can hurt them. <laughs> but then it was released 
theatrically, limited theatrical mm-hmm. release and video on demand in 2019. So this movie took four years to crawl out of the gutter and into our life. We had already signed up for video games at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> so this was basically an abandoned project that because of Moscow legitimized it to get some kind of release that makes us have to watch it. Well, I think it would have been released no matter. I mean, this does come from Saban Films, Stuart. Yeah, a lot of movies get made and put on a shelf never to be seen. And this feels like one that would happily reside on that shelf. Not by Saban Films. I think they're going to release everything. Yeah, Saban is what? Mostly known (laughs) for Morphin Power? Go, go, Power Rangers. Yep. Including the new one. But they've heard us before, Stuart. They made Day of the Dead Bloodline. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, I remember <laughs> these things. I think they just took the same makeup from this movie. <laughs> but this does bring on an interesting question, which is that it did take some amount of effort and money to call this, I'm not going to use the word talent, these people together <laughs> to produce this. Why did they think that anyone would want to pay their money to experience it? Like, this is one of those things where you can just, I mean, can't judge a book by its cover. Yes, you can. (laughs) When it comes looking like this, there's no need. Dolph Lundgren in a Saban film based on a video game from a cell phone. I'm outie. Like, we all just can live without this, right? Why do things like this get made with the expectation of making a profit? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering where they thought the profit would come. Like... Do you think maybe you're making a movie and you can maybe get a theatrical release? You get box office. Okay. I don't think they thought too much about that. Maybe they thought they could make this movie and use it as advertising for this game. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't see that happening either. So maybe they made a few bucks off of streaming? I don't know. Hell, I watched this on Amazon Prime, so somebody got paid. Here's the thing that I think is there's endless channels for distribution and they may not pay much. But over enough time, you put this on Netflix for a little while, you put this on Amazon Prime, you get a few suckers. I guarantee you there are people out there that are watching every Dolph film. I don't think there's many of them, right? but I guarantee you there's some. And then, you know who will probably put this in the black is sci-fi. This just feels like something sci-fi is going to show. Maybe in the past, I don't even know, I mean, I haven't caught up with sci-fi, but it even feels like those days are over for them. Like, it feels like nobody watches this kind of movie anymore, except now playing. A lot. It does feel like we're the only ones, and I could see this in a double feature with Rave to the Grave, is all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. How many times have we watched this low-rent, Eastern European-feeling, like, zombie trash? Like, it's just, it's just so depressing. Yeah, like, I could see this model working back in the day when you were walking through the video store judging movies by the cover, literally. Correct. Yeah, a good cover can get a lot of shit sold. And a name you know any name you are clinging to this Dolph like it really means something in 2017 I mean I just want to point out what he would have been in the second Creed movie would have been maybe the only thing that any human being would have seen him in in the last 20 years expendables yeah we're really stretching here all i'm saying is it doesn't take much of a name there's a reason bruce willis keeps getting hired to do five minutes in movies though bruce willis is bruce willis like dolph lundgren has never been bruce willis what about thomas jane i think dolph lundgren and thomas jane are probably on the level maybe dolph lundgren's a bit bigger 
And I didn't even realize I was setting Punishers against each other. Yeah, I mean, I I think they have a different (laughs) vibe. Like, I don't think of Thomas Jane as being... I mean, I think of him as doing a lot of actorly work, and then, yeah, he's been in some shitty action movies. Dolph Lundgren has only exclusively been in... I mean, even in his heyday, he was in Trash. Like, he never had a good film to his reputation. Rocky IV. I mean, that's Trash. (laughs) But that's just it. The guys that would know who he is and have some reverence for him would be guys our age. And this movie isn't being put in front of us. It's not for us. So why pay to have him in this movie? It's not capturing that 14-year-old audience that they're trying to capture. Maybe it's just me, but before I was watching three movies a week for now playing and listening to commentaries, I would just scroll through Netflix and see something that had good cover art and an actor or actress I know, like a movie. It had Lynn Shea and Ray Wise, and that's all it took to get me to hit play and watch the whole thing. I mean... (laughs) There is still doom scrolling for whatever, the same as when I'd go to the video store and be like, well, this looks interesting. I These movies must either make money or get somebody another job because we've reviewed so many of them and I can't even believe we've hit the tip of the iceberg of how many shit zombie films must exist. And sadly, this isn't even the worst of them. Well, that's what we're here to discuss. (laughs) Let's find out. Arnie, give him the (laughs) plot and we will find out if Dead Trigger is the worst zombie movie we've ever covered. Was it just me or did the plot, like, not make sense at times? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it definitely did not make sense at times. No, it wasn't you, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because there's a couple of things I put in the plot summary that might be right, but... <laughs> it's been five years since a supposed cure for cancer spawned a zombie apocalypse. Now the military is taken to recruiting MMA fighters, gamers, and petty criminals to fight against the zombies. Due to their short life expectancy, these troops are called dead triggers. One unit is led by Captain Kyle Walker, played by Dolph Lundgren, and Rockstock, played by disgraced actor Isaiah Washington. Really? Oh, you mean disgraced by this movie? No! Isaiah Washington was fired off Grey's Anatomy for calling other actors the F-word and... Oh! Okay, now this makes oh, a whole wow. lot of sense. Okay, this is this is where you go when you when you offend the uh, social justice warriors. Yes, Walker's new team is sent to Terminal City, ground zero of the zombie outbreak. They're there to try and get data that could lead to a cure for the zombies, and they're there to rescue the general's daughter, a scientist named Tara, played by Autumn Reeser. I think. I mean, it's a little fuzzy. On the fight into the city, several of the dead triggers are killed, but they get both Terra and the research data needed. What these dead triggers don't know is their mission is at the behest of the Cyglobe Corporation. Over the last five years, Cyglobe has become the world's most powerful company, selling guns people use to defend themselves from the zombies, and also running the number one TV network. Now their CEO, Gloria Russo, I think, wants to cash in with the cure to zombieism. She says that at one point. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what supposedly the MacGuffin that they're all trying to get. Yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But later on, they actually say she wants to keep selling the guns, and so she's trying to stop the cure. The movie talks out of both sides of its mouth in this regard. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Russo forced the general to order his troops into Terminal City. How did she force him? I'm not sure. But then the troops were abandoned. 
One soldier, Martinov, was to take the day to the side globe, but abandon the team. Martinov is stopped by Walker, who reveals he was bit by a zombie three months ago. A serum keeps the zombieism at bay, but he only has one dose left before they get home. Walker and the dead triggers try to escape the city on foot and are picked off one by one. Walker runs out of his serum, and the clock is ticking as Cyglobe's CEO has ordered the city bombed and annihilated. Walker, Terra, and one dead trigger named Chris escape the city. With Terra and Chris safe with the military, Walker, without any serum left, goes back into the city to try to rescue a church full of survivors they came upon on the mission. But then we see, I think, that this was all a game. <laughs> the dead triggers were all wearing VR headsets. But then in voiceover, Chris says that that night that he played VR was one of the last dinners he'd ever have with his family because a real zombie outbreak started two weeks later. And in the real <laughs> zombie outbreak, the army actually did recruit gamers to fight the zombies and call them dead triggers as credits roll. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Hey, everybody, just kidding. That didn't happen, but it really did. I bet you're not going to see that. <laughs> Nothing's more satisfying than the it was all a dream ending. Except this one, it was all a dream. Or was it? Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Well, if that were the only cheap move here. <laughs> Is there an expensive one in this whole movie? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, which begs the question, who was this made for? Why did they think people would pay money for this? You're right. Streaming platforms maybe would throw some shekels at this a little bit, but I, it's hard to imagine the math that says success when I hit play on this thing. Within seconds, right? You don't even need to go for it. I've seen this movie. I think it was called Dead Rising. Like, <laughs> large plot points from that movie I vaguely remember covering last year are here in this story. It's all about going to some, like, skyscraper where they're making the cure and can't email the cure out. Like, they got the formula and she's sending emails, but somehow they, they can't upload it to the cloud. They got to go in physically to the lab. Airstrikes. Vials of zombie cure, like all of this stuff is just, ugh, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, here's the thing, we're not here to review this film, we're here to heckle it. Because, I mean, we don't need to review this film, everybody knows. The question is, is it a brown arrow or is it a red arrow, I think? There's no hope that this movie is good when I push play. The question is, how much would it hurt me and how much could I laugh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Not only is it ripping off Dead Rising, it's it's trying to rip off better movies, too. You know, it's got a little bit of Starship Troopers vibe that they inject in there and then just completely drop. For some reason, we see a commercial for the CSU, and then they just never go back to that. Well, they kind of go back to that commercial at the very end. They just replay it. But there's also several Starship Trooper moments in here. Somebody... I'm guessing Scott Windhauser saw Starship Troopers and thought, hey, it's been so long, it's been 20 years, I can just lift scenes from that and no one will notice. Or the guy that was there for two days and got <laughs> fired. It feels to me like maybe someone had the idea that we could make this satirical in a Verhoeven way, that it could be RoboCop in its sarcasm. Which again, Dead Rising was filled with that kind of cheek. That is not even a new flourish but that seemed to be the impulse, and then someone else said, no, 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 just cut and paste, like, do it straight, which just means that people are walking through this movie saying rote lines, 
and literally like introducing ideas that are over within seconds sometimes like oh here's a zombie stripper now she's gone you know i mean it just really the half acidry of this <laughs> is astounding i'll one up you on that Stuart, because the thing that i was really enjoying was what you're saying yeah there's a lot of half acidry going on here i mean every scene that dolph lundgren is in, is in feels like he's a one take andy like he's like did you get it that's all you're getting from me let's move on <laughs> and everybody else in this movie has such high energy because they think this is their big break surprisingly most of these people have wiki pages chris the dead trigger who lives he was on a disney show for years called jesse yeah i think he would have been a hit he's gonna bring in the kids that's the calculation tara who is the scientist was on the oc and entourage uh, romeo miller is a rapper Ah, uh, yes. Master P's kid. <laughs> I mean, the guy who plays Martinov is a UFC champion. I mean, they didn't just find people at their local community theater. I'm not saying these are big names, but these are people who have all worked before in things more respectable than this. Well, I mean, I know a little bit about this because I did work and live in LA and I know that you can get people of this caliber for shockingly low numbers. Like, it does not cost much. Scale. <laughs> <laughs> and, th and that is the calculation. We're making a turd, but if we can say Gary Busey's in it, then, you know, it's worth the 10000 bucks. That's true. This is on level with Ginger Dead Man. So, again, I'm not going to be impressed by the fact that they've gotten people, as you say, that have been kicked off of TV shows and, you know, used to be C-level action stars. I don't even know if we have an alphabet to talk about how low Lundgren has fallen, but, like, he is not even C-string anymore. Oh, somebody needs to tell that to his ego, but he's bringing it on screen in every scene he's in. Dolph, your ego's writing checks the production budget can't cash. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he's trying to do some kind of John Wayne. He's doing a draw. I don't know if it's Southern. I don't know what that is. But it's like, it. I, for a little while, I thought Dolph maybe had a stroke. And then I realized it was an affectation of his character. And I'm surprised to find out that this game isn't centered around somebody named Walker who has a look that they're trying to emulate here. Because... Why in the world are they trying to make Dolph Lundgren with all this just for men plastered to his head look like he's in his 50s when we all know he's at least 70 something? Like, I didn't understand that choice. Like, they're trying to make him look like somebody from a game that apparently that's not the case. If it helps, I mean, you do have a character. I believe he's named Walker. He doesn't have gray hair. He's not this old, but he is kind of a generic muscle type video game character he's not as cool as duke nukem but he tries to drop some of those lines okay well that that at least explains the shoe polish on his head but this entire thing feels like a, a waking nightmare from the first frame we know this is bad i mean it opens with dolph on a bus staring at zombies and if you wore this zombie makeup to any horror con I've been to, and I was at one in Springfield, Illinois, where the <laughs> headliner was Rufus from House of a Thousand Corpses, okay? <laughs> 
But if you wore this makeup to that low-rent con, you would be laughed out of the place. There's one lady, I swear to God, these were her yoga pants, and she cut a couple holes in them, and now she's a zombie. Yeah, we all know this routine, like spaghetti on your head, and that's like, you know, your brain's falling out. Like, yes, I've seen that zombie movie. I prayed to God I never would have to see it again. But here it is, and I just want to put it out there, I'm not laughing. Like, maybe it's, like, a joy for some people to experience a Z-grade horror movie, but, like, this is torture. I know what I'm in for, and I just, yeah, you're right. From the moment that Dolph is there posing for the poster, we know this is shit. And the zombies... I don't ask a lot from zombies, but I need more than a child with ketchup on his forehead with his neck tilted to the left. Now, I did find out when I went to IMDb, some of these, I can't imagine all of them, but some of them are the director's children. Which director? The one that was fired? No, the one who actually made the film. Mm. Windhauser. But also... They didn't even keep a consistent gray makeup. Some of them are green. That makes it look like they just smeared snot on their face. Yes, that was my problem. It was inconsistency with the zombies. It's like, if you're going to go for a look, that's fine. I mean, Day of the Dead, those zombies, you can tell, are just crappy makeup. But they're all consistent. Here we've got some in gray face. We got some with eyeballs hanging out. We got some, like you said, with green makeup on. Like, I seriously think that every zombie was just told to do it themselves and show up on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Eesh. Okay, so let's get through this. Why do we have so many people competing? That's problem number one. If you don't have any money, don't pay all these people to be here. Like, there's four people training eight kids, and, like, that's... No. Just make it, like, a SWAT team of five, and that's all we need. They narrow it down pretty quickly. This is another Starship Troopers joke, is that... One of the guys is going to blow his head off on the gunnery range. I was surprised that Dolph didn't yell medic the way they do in Starship Troopers. I mean, it was so a ripoff of that joke. I couldn't tell. What, is that what happened? He shot himself? Yeah, he dropped the shotgun and the shotgun went off and blew his head off. And we get... No! He like takes this long pause of looking in the distance and saying, oh shit, like something is coming at him. It is. The zombie is coming at him. He says, oh shit, drops the gun and blows his own head off. Mm -hmm. That's what I watched. Okay. All right. And you get a shot of what looks like the top of a blown off head or, you know, a broken spaghetti bowl. I'm not quite sure which, but they are trying to be funny mm. and they're trying to whittle it down. But we get to go through like a third of this movie watching each one of these people get recruited and i'm trying to figure it out the first guy is playing on vr and i'm like okay is the whole thing that they're recruiting gamers are they going to be piloting drones is this the last starfighter why do they want this gamer they're like you're one of the best okay one of the best gamers but then they go for an mma fighter and i'm like well she probably can't game worth shit <laughs> Yeah, it was unclear what they were 
using to target these best of the best kids as why they were being chosen for this special assignment. Yeah, G-Dog is a thief. We see little Romeo running away with what we'll later learn is a vial that can, well, it doesn't turn anybody back from being a zombie, but it will prevent you from changing over for a little bit. It's a pause button. Is he selling it? Is he a drug dealer? Because I don't get the impression that that drug gets you high. No, he said his mom needs it. Maybe Master P got turn into a zombie i don't know okay (laughs) but yeah we're gonna just go through and be introduced to all these people and i'm scribbling down names and file numbers and Mm -hmm. i'm so angry yeah (laughs) roles that they have and then i never write down their names again because honestly these are all meat you have a movie called dead trigger these are your dead triggers it is said outright and none of them matter one will survive and that one doesn't even matter i I mean i think you're underestimating because we didn't grow up watching jesse i mean imagine if like john stamos was in this cast or someone from a tgif (laughs) sitcom like that's probably what that chris character (laughs) is to somebody now you have me picturing Urkel dropping the rifle, blowing yeah. his head off, and saying, Did I do that? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Urkel. Yeah, if Urkel were here, we'd understand. <laughs> yeah, and also we get a, we get somewhat of a hint that Chris is going to be one of our main characters, because he's narrating at the beginning here. He's the one kind of walking us through what we're looking at, at least as far as who Kyle Walker is and who he is, and then they just kind of drop that whole narration thing until the very end. Yeah, everyone is given one trait or one kind of half moment. I don't even want to say they they have an identifiable characteristic, but they get a little bit here to make some kind of impression, and then, yeah, Dolph blows in. So confused. Again, just get rid of half of these people. Like, I really don't need... There are seven people here, and you're right. By the end of the 20 minutes, I think we've already lost two of them. And if it were Starship Troopers funny, if we were laughing at how, I don't know, fascist Dolph was, putting them through drills that they couldn't possibly survive, that'd be one thing. But I just... The humor in here is dead, too. Like, bad action, bad humor. Just get on with it. Wind them up and send them off somewhere. Don't try to do this. And during this training montage, I had one wish. And as an Adobe Creative Cloud subscriber, I say this knowing full well what it will cost me. But Adobe, if you're listening, please raise your rates. You have made your After Effects too cheap that movies can get them and feel like the most inexperienced person can now put out a, using air quotes, professional film. Because when they are, like, stabbing zombies and macheteing zombies and using swords on zombies, there is no physicality there. And it is just an After Effects blood spurt. And the swords are going through the zombies, but not leaving cuts on the zombies. It is really amateur. I've seen YouTube fan films to use the Adobe tools better than this. Well, now you're onto it. I mean, that's that, that's exactly it. What does the word professional mean in this context? Like, I think we have entered the realm of absolute amateurs. Well, somebody got paid to do it, so I guess that's professional. Mm. But yeah, I mean, they didn't make adjustments at all, Arnie. They literally dragged and dropped blood splurts into every one of these scenes. And it looked like they were working with like maybe three different ones. I I know. This is the kind of bullshit I do for a video podcast and giggle about how bad it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, look, I did a blood spurt. Ha ha, it's bad, but hey, I did a blood spurt. <laughs> but yeah, you're giggling, but like, I'm not giggling watching this movie. I want to make really, like, plainly clear, unless people think we're having a good time laughing at a bad movie. This movie is pain. This movie is <laughs> nails in your head pain. Well, keep in mind the recruitment, the training, them relaxing in the bar at the end of training day all of this is now that we've seen the whole movie we now know that this is all taking place in their vr game mm -hmm. they're playing. <laughs> what game are you getting in a skirmish in the bar after training like that's not a video game thing no well, if I want to get pedantic, I mean, in <laughs> Wing Commander, you'd go on your flight missions and then you come back and argue with other pilots, and, you know, between missions. I mean, very Top Gun, the way Maverick and Iceman would kind of get into it between missions. Don't try to make me nostalgic for Wing Commander. It's not going to work. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> in Wing Commander... Did they render a place that actually looked like a bar, or did they make it look like the rec center of an old folks' home? <laughs> they rendered something that looked like a bar. <laughs> yeah, again, these production values are substandard. They are unprofessional. They are things that you can do at home with whatever you have in your bank account. When I thought about making a movie in college... This is what I envisioned it looking like, and I was going to be happy with that. But I was a college student financing it with my own money. Yeah, and that was decades ago when, yeah, it was it was just easier to make a shitty-looking movie back then. Now, I feel like you buy an iPhone, and that's a professional-looking camera. You can make things look better than this. There's no excuse for why we are experiencing something look so unprofessional. No, it really just looks like, a, again, a Best Buy-level consumer-grade digital video camera shot this based upon the flatness of it. 20 years ago. Yeah. Not in 2017. One that from 1997. No, I mean, I uh, consumer-grade, I was buying some of those in 2017. Like, Netflix has a list of approved cameras if you want to get your movie on Netflix. I don't think this camera was on that list. I don't think this camera is up to that level because the colors are all so flat, and you could just see they might have pumped up saturation in post, but it is an ugly-looking film. Yeah. And everything in it is undelightful. I did kind of enjoy, now that you're telling me that he was <laughs> recovered from being fired, I was like, why is Isaiah Washington in this coming from a yeah, successful ABC drama? But like he has to pick up a dead body and throw it down a flight of stairs and say, have a nice flight. Like I never imagined him being that kind of action hero. It's kind of funny watching him try in this pathetic thing. But he's taken out really early, too. I missed it. What happened to him? I expected him to be along for the ride, and he doesn't even go with them to the city, does he? No, he's there. He's running around. He, after he throws that body down the stairs, a whole bunch of, you know, air quotes, zombies jump on him. That's when there's like 12 people around, and I couldn't keep track of them all. Yeah, that's the way most people get it in this movie, and it, it's the reason I stopped watching The Walking Dead after a while, because there's only so many times where you can be like, wide shot, everybody's standing around, can't see any zombies in sight and then you get like three super close-ups and you know there's 
they're going to turn around. There's a zombie right there all of a sudden. Everything in this movie is that trope. And it just, uh, it's so lazy and dumb. But every person who dies in this movie goes that way. And it should be said that these are one of those slow, drooling, it will take them 20 minutes to walk across a catwalk kind of zombies. Like So the fact that these people, they're supposed to look tough. And the fact that they can't lay waste to five of those things coming at them before they're overtaken, ridiculous. Oh, and more... You, you mentioned this, Justin, that the zombies are just there, but at least in The Walking Dead, the zombies are in some place you can't see, or they turn a corner and the zombies are there. Here, literally, these dead triggers who are supposed to be elite are standing there, and suddenly they turn around behind them in an open field. I'm, again, Utah, not a right. lot of foliage, a lot of vistas, and they turn around <laughs> and people are just standing there. You didn't hear anything? Right. Yes, exactly. It's very frustrating. I mean, so many things in this movie are frustrating. Like, somebody, an adult, or somebody on this production needed to do just a little bit of research on the script. I mean, they were calling the main military guy. Remember what his position was? He was the commander-in-chief. Yes! <laughs> that is not <laughs> a rank in the military. That's the president. <laughs> I was laughing because some of the titles say Terminal <laughs> City and some of them say Terminal Island. Which is it? I mean, I don't see water, but like, get, is that the same place? I literally was for a while being like, are, are there two cities? Are there two labs? No. But later he says he's the general. So I'm really confused about that because I was like, Commander in Chief, what rank is that? Yeah, he is the father <laughs> of the lone female scientist that's still alive in Terminal City slash Island. And she's got to get out because she can't. She has the cure conveniently. I figured it all out, but I'm surrounded by zombies, which is exactly the premise of Dead Rising, the first one. I don't even remember. Watchtower, it might have been called. You're doing better than me on that one. I got to be honest. Ooh. Yeah. I don't even want to bother to look it up so that someone might actually go and find it. Like, like just pretend that never happened. But I've seen this crap before. And why do they kill the commander in chief general? Like, like at some part of the plot of the CEO that they feel like they need to betray everyone that they're sending in to get this cure. Okay. The CEO, first of all, the worst part of this entire movie. The worst. And this is a hard thing to pick out, okay? Oh, come now. Yeah, why Why are you doing that? I mean, she's a soap actress. She's already better than Dolph. No, not her. The person playing her executive assistant. Oh, okay. All right. That person <laughs> is so dead in the eyes and dead in the voice. In a best-case scenario, this is a James Franco job. In a worst-case scenario, this is a Harvey Weinstein job. <laughs> <laughs> no. she is abominable <laughs> i mean i guess you know like I, i'm finding it hard to differentiate between abominable and terrible and the pits but like that's the gradients of what i'm experiencing she comes on and just reads like a first grader who's on stage for the first time i'm like how how could you not find somebody better than this? Who? Why? What? I'm shocked. But then the CEO, she sits there, and I think they're making fun of Fox News, that they sell guns and are the number one TV network. Yeah, there's some attempt at satire there somewhere. But they know that they can't sell guns forever. 
I don't know why they can't sell guns forever. It doesn't look like the zombies are going away. But they say that the next way to make money is with the cure. The hope for the cure is in data found probably at ground zero because the zombie apocalypse was started by a cancer cure. And so if you have the research into the cancer cure, maybe you can find something in that data that can cure zombieism. Now, I don't know if they mean vaccinate or actually you can be come back from being a zombie, but they use the word cure. Yeah, and again, this is exactly the plot of Dead Rising. Like, identical. Uh, we've already lived through this nightmare, only it just looks cheaper and the humor, the jokes are landing less. Well, where is Ron Riggle? Like, I'm just like, this is so bad. Yeah, we don't even get any cutaways to a TV studio to show us the scale of Globochem or whatever they're called. And yeah, I mean, maybe they did get this far into the movie and realize that they were just remaking Dead Rising. And that's why they need to have the CEO decide, you know what, we're just going to kill everybody. Yeah, but I feel like that happened in Dead Rising too. Like, I, again, and, it, and, and I don't understand that betrayal. I don't understand why you'd send in the dead triggers and then have someone in the team trying to kill them and get the thing back. Like, I don't even understand why you have this scientific research in a place that you can't get to. Like, that's very poor design for a CEO. Yeah, I don't know if they were doing the research there or if that's just where they did the research for the cancer cure that started the zombie apocalypse. They're there to retrieve that data, but yet there's a scientist there working on it, I guess? There was a, a previous team that came to rescue them, and they were murdered or turned into zombies, and we'll even see her boss, Dr. Adler, is one of the zombies when the team gets there. But yeah... <laughs> She has the cure. Let's just make it simple. She has the cure on a thumb drive that she is keeping on her body, hence why they're not dropping bombs from the air and destroying Terminal Island slash city. Mm. But then they make it clear of the hospital and Walker tries calling in and can't get anybody. Right. They refuse to send choppers. If they sent the choppers, though, they'd get the data they want, right? I don't understand. This woman just wants to betray everyone. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to give you a job. Now you're dead. I mean, like, what is your power trip, lady? Like, let people do what you need them to do. Right. I, I think that's her entire character. She gets off on betraying people because what was the whole point of having her talk to the general or the commander in chief so he could talk to his daughter to assure her everything was all right? Then they hang up and they execute him. Yeah, it's a moron's idea of satire that this is the way businesses work. Ay, ay, ay. Meanwhile, let's get some church politics in here. There's a flare that goes up and the team just decides to wander into the woods and go to the Church of the New Hope. And yeah, we get this whole plot about how this priest, I think maybe, uh, is needing his congregation brought out and gives this team a truck that they leave in without the congregation. I really <laughs> didn't understand this. I mean, at this point, Martinov has betrayed them because Martinov was supposed to take the data and leave everybody else. So, again, a chopper would have really helped Martinov with his mission, but instead he's supposed to take the thumb drive and run for it, but Dolph beats him up. I learned this in IMDb Trivia. In real life, Dolph fought Oleg Taktarov, and Oleg won. So in the movie, 
Dolph won. He got his revenge in a fake fight. You mean they actually like got in a <laughs> ring together? Yeah, yeah. Dolph does that? Yeah, apparently so. With a real UFC fighter. <laughs> and shocker, Dolph lost. Yeah, I mean, I would expect all of all the action guys, like, I wouldn't expect them to be real fighters. This It's the movies. I love, though, that stuntmen, when they're taking a fall, fall into cardboard boxes. Because, you know, they crush, they absorb the momentum. It's a safe way to fall, even though those corners gotta hurt. I've fallen into cardboard myself a few times. But here... For the fight between Dolph and Oleg, they're just going to fight in a cardboard box factory so that they can throw each other into <laughs> cardboard boxes and not have to disguise it. Eventually, there's two fights. There's one in the church, and he leaves the traitor behind, and then the stupid priest is, like, immediately cutting him free and getting killed. And then, yeah, the rematch is at a, yeah, it, it looks like, a, yeah, an old warehouse. UPS store? <laughs> <laughs> the boxes for things that they don't have. <laughs> of course, I think that same cardboard was used when they got to the research center. Did you see a zombie, like, threw somebody into a wall and the wall folded? That was actually how they got out. Martinoff, like, took a machete and just cut through the wall <laughs> of this skyscraper <laughs> and just gave way, like, cardboard. So I think you're on to something here. They, like... Worked a deal at some like paper mulcher, and like this is where they can have their big action scenes. As much cardboard as you want to destroy, go for it. I hope this movie recycled because it's the only point of it. Yeah, the poor trees that had to act in this, but yes, they do just leave the church, and I saw. The preacher get killed, and that made me wonder, where are the worshippers, and why did Dolph just leave with... <laughs> yeah, he promised to save them, he made a big hero speech, and he's apparently going to honor it, but first he's going to get, I guess the thinking, let's help the movie out, the thinking is, this cure is so important, we can't risk helping anybody else out until we get this scientist, Tara, to the border with her thumb drive. I'll give it that. It would have been nice if they said it, though. We gotta just guess by the end of the movie. Oh, I guess that was the plan all along. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the contingency plan after plan B. So, like, I mean, she was the priority for Walker. That was somewhat clear. Again, I'm just pained by the fact that they just have data on a thumb drive and nobody can upload. Like, nobody can get that to a cloud and not make this a, a physical problem. You know, I, I could understand if the internet isn't so trustworthy in a zombie apocalypse. They don't seem to have power. They may not have internet at this remote location. Yeah, they don't have bricks for walls anymore. It's all cardboard. <laughs> very, very depressing dystopia here. They also don't have any real reason why they couldn't just land with helicopters, run into this building in two minutes, grab what they need, get back on the choppers and be done with this whole thing. Yeah. The reason is they can't afford the choppers. That's the reason. <laughs> oh, and that's the next real big problem is, have you noticed how many people and zombies die in explosions where you don't get to see an explosion, you just cut and you hear an effect and like dirt is thrown in the side of the frame. Yes, the dirt bombs everywhere. <laughs> Grenades that throw dirt when they explode. I mean, this is very clever when you're in sixth grade and making a home movie. 
Like, that's yes. all I can say. Like, the fact that this level of production got commercially released and attached to a successful mobile video game is something that I feel like prosecutors need to get answers for. <laughs> like, people need to go to jail. <laughs> For putting this out commercially. Can we please put them in Japanese court where Ace Attorney can't even get them all? <laughs> I would like that crossover. But let's get through the end of this movie. Because, alright, like, so this is about the time we find out that Dolph got bit. And he's only staying alive because of LV420. A thing he has got to shoot up. He's got one more vial. This feels like they already have a cure, right? Like, why all of this stuff about the other cure that's on the thumb drive? Tara says before kissing him, and I want to just shout out to that actress for kissing Dolph. But, yeah. I, I mean, that can't be easy. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> she does say this won't work forever and that it just holds it at bay. You have to keep taking it and eventually... It, you're going to zombie out anyway. Yeah, something gets said that the as close to scientific explanation as we get is Tara at one point says the human being goes into a coma and the zombie is just drawn to bodily functions. So theoretically, her cure can bring the human back to life and out of that coma. It's about restoring the humanity to these zombies. But of course, as with all zombie stories... It's really the people that are the inhumane one. As mm. introduced through the zombie killing twins, Nika <laughs> and Lika? <laughs> Nika and Lika. How many milliseconds did they think did they take to think of these characters? Yeah. We'll give them some gold guns. We'll give them some funky like eyeliner eyeshadow stuff, and they'll end up being the surprise bad guys. Shock! <laughs> this is where you thought this was shot in Romania, right, Arnie? I mean, these guys were... Yes. yes. Yeah. Nika and Lika. <laughs> Them and Martinov. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it did feel like the minister was trying to cover an accent. He was kind of mumbling. It sounded like marbles were in his mouth. <laughs> no more so than Dolph, but yes, I agree. Like, it's just, yes, this whole movie, the affectations, the things that everyone is doing. You're right. It does feel like everyone was told, do it yourself, which is why we have such varied performances and, and inconsistencies, and it just feels like there is no director on this project. Every single actor that is is in their own movie and it's all coming together in such a bad way here but they get separated and chris goes off with naomi and they're going to flirt naomi is an introvert and he's going to find a way to ask her out once they get the three clicks to safety and oh don't you know it she's not gonna make it she kills herself well, she'd been bitten like eight <laughs> times. They make that move a lot in this movie about someone bit and then sacrificing themselves and again. Like, just too much repeating. Like, you obviously, like, needed to pare down this cast, pare down this plot. Like, just annoying how, how, like, I thought I already watched this bad scene. Why are you making me watch it again and again and again? Yeah, I mean, earlier in the movie, 
when I wasn't sure that they were paring everybody down quickly, when they were fighting that super zombie, the tough guy at the the base of the hospital they were breaking into. Patient Zero or whatever. Patient Zero, yes. None of them could manage to hit him in the head. And so he just kept coming. And somehow the kickboxing girl gets thrown across the room. That's when the cardboard folded and the wall she got hit. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she gets, she shoots him with a grenade launcher or something. But we don't see that she dies. It's just Dolph Lundgren saying, nope, she didn't make it. Let's go. We were told during training that that's the grenade launcher that will basically fire napalm at a 10-foot radius. Everything dies. Oh, okay. And they can't afford that fire effect. That costs extra. (laughs) So we don't see it. (laughs) That's an add-on pack. (laughs) Yeah, the moment feels taken from aliens and when Vasquez dies. Because this is also where Lil Romeo dies. You may not notice it. Again, so many of these characters are like in the background disappearing. But he like runs back for her and they, they die together like gordon and vasquez yeah i don't mean to hit reverse on us we were we were almost out of this thing no i know i I, again (laughs) yes we could take you know i think my comments would be the same if we did we could take this scene by scene and explore all the inconsistencies and idiocies and be none the wiser for it i mean this is just a sea of bad performances that i just want to get through so the CEO of Cyglobe calls in the airstrike after killing the general. And she's like, yes, I'm sure. Do this. I will take responsibility. And so we now have the ticking time bomb. They're going to nuke the city or something. And so our three remaining survivors have to get out. And they get to the gauntlet where nobody has ever made it through the zombies. Now, this gauntlet, when I think of the gauntlet, I think Roman myth. I think corridors no this is a big open field that they're calling the gauntlet yeah you don't think future home of a new mall it is finally a wide shot with zombies it's a wide shot but those are not zombies those are little cgi lines oh yeah it was the same asset copy pasted 150 times <laughs> no but at least we got a wide shot this movie has been like depressingly like in your face with like yeah as you said like zombies just popping up out of nowhere just standing behind the characters here they actually make the attempt in the climax to show that yes it'll be really hard to run through this field of cgi uh characters to get to obama bridge <laughs> which again is that satire <laughs> i can't even tell but they <laughs> They have to run through the gauntlet to get to the other side where there's no fence. There's no barrier. There's just two guys in a Jeep. So the zombies just won't walk that way? Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> How they've been able to, to to prevent the spread of the zombie plague. Why? Why? Yeah. How it's been contained. I couldn't tell you. That was the funniest part to me is they're standing there with as much production values they're going to get out of this movie because they're, they have the shot frame so we can see some big military slash construction equipment sitting there. So it's kind of painting a picture that the military's there, but we never see those vehicles move. So those are just on location. When the military vehicle does come up, it's just like a H3 Hummer <laughs> that they got at the dealership. <laughs> that they go to get into (laughs) it's like champagne silver (laughs) i laugh because when this movie was made my wife was driving an h3 and i would not be surprised if in this movie the rescuer was my wife (laughs) 
she happened to be driving by in a Hummer. Would you like to be in a movie if we could borrow your car? <laughs> if I found out you were responsible for making this movie, Arnie, I would never speak to you again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but once they're in the gauntlet, the guys on the other side have binoculars and go, there's humans. And they make one phone call and say, call off the airstrike. And the pilot's like, okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> Even better, like they're surrounded. The three humans are surrounded by all these zombies. The plane flies overhead, about to drop the bomb, and all the zombies look up, and that gives the three humans the ability to like push through and get away. I know, it's just like a Scooby-Doo with the planes above. All the zombies in unison. Yeah, zoinks. Yeah, like, <laughs> just look over there, and then you run in the other direction. So they're not going to kill the zombies. They're just going to shove the zombies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to point out they proudly called this Dead Trigger Unkilled. And uh, I don't know why we wouldn't want to see more killing, but that's they, they've been truthful in that advertising. <laughs> Now you're making me think, Stuart, that they didn't understand what undead meant when other zombie movies use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unkilled. You're right. Look, I'm not saying America doesn't have ignorant people, but are we sure this is not a translation issue? This does feel like, the, like Bucharest just said, we are going to say Utah, and we're sticking to that. Bucharest does not want to be associated with the film. <laughs> So they get to the border after shoving the zombies. And as I indicated in the plot summary, at that point, Dolph is like, I'm going back for the church people. He has mm. no medicine. He doesn't bother asking for supplies. He just turns around to go back through the gauntlet alone. Yeah, and no one tries to stop him either. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> By all means, Dolph, get your ass out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's going to be the end of this film, right? Like, are they planning a sequel where he would return to the church? <laughs> no, we're just going to smash cut to him arriving at the church with a gun and a machete. Yeah. And the joke being that this was all the video game antics of online gamers who don't realize they're about to be doing it for real. Are we supposed to then surmise that the people that made this video game have also planned the zombie outbreak? Like, this is all working into their favor? It's all Cyglobe. They made the game mm -hmm. to make the zombies, to sell the guns. We made the world turn into zombies so that we could make a game that would make people good at killing those zombies that we could then sell guns to. Oh my god, Oof. guys, this movie outsmarted us. <laughs> it this did. movie's working on the fourth dimension here. You know what it's doing? The reason the CEO made no sense with her decisions is they're satirizing bad video game writing. Everything with the CEO was a lame cutscene that was taking place, and that's why it made no sense. Mm, okay. <laughs> it did work on one level. I wanted to go buy a gun after this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, Justin Stewart, would you pull dead trigger? Justin, give me a break. I mean... <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm still not convinced that this movie wasn't made by, like, three eight-year-olds in a trench coat. Yeah, seriously. Dolph's nephews. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this was made by a 12-year-old or a group of 12-year-olds, hey, that's endearing. Good job, guys. If not, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I just, I mean, I can see pooping out a movie like this if it's in in service of trying to help sell your video game. But I don't see them trying to do that. I can see, we talked about it earlier, this being in a $5 DVD bin at Walmart 20 years ago. Hey, you're making a few bucks. I get it. But we couldn't even figure out how this is a money-making scheme. So I don't understand the point of doing it. And if the video game company whose namesake it took didn't want anything to do with it after they saw what they were doing, why does it still exist? I don't know. I I was kind of hoping that it would be a fun brown arrow. I did get little bits of like Tommy Wiseau and (laughs) Neil Breen, like type of, you know, ego without the talent type of stuff. But at the end of the day, it just, it wasn't fun. I mean, it... Stuart, you said it, we've seen all these tropes before, and there was nothing new or fun here. So it was just kind of a slog and cheap. So I would say stay away. It's not even funny on a on a bad level. It's just bad. Stuart. Yeah, Dolph says at one point, it's not enough to kill. You have to enjoy it. But this is seriously, may not be the worst, but is the most joyless zombie movie I've ever seen. I've never seen participants care so little about what they're doing it's just painful it is hurtful like it has the competence slightly maybe better than your average home movie but not half as charming like if it had been made by locals if it had been just some sweeted version of dead rising (laughs) then maybe you would get some laughs but like there is a joyless like i am like Four in the morning, burping up dinner and wanting to die. That this is like what I'm doing with my life. Like I hated this film. The good news is I don't think we have to ever do this again. I don't think when I look at what's left in the video game retrospective, there is going to be any more paltry, like made in Romania kind of efforts in the retrospective we're through the worst of it i already thought we were because we were done with uva bowl but this one made me nostalgic (laughs) for house of the dead everything else here is just you know the pits and i'm glad that i'd never have to look back and worry that they're ever going to make another uh sequel to dead rising this is not the worst we've encountered i still hold up believe it or not i will actually go back and rewatch the crackle films and (laughs) Toss this coin. Oh, I know that those had more attitude. Those had more (laughs) of a sense of fun and higher budgets, too. But this is The Pits. I do recommend this film, though. If you are in high school and you want to be a filmmaker, this is what you can do in high school. Just a Creative Cloud membership, buy a few assets of blood and muzzle flares, and a camera. Use your iPhone now, like Stuart said. Just use your iPhone or a good pixel and you could make this movie look at the tricks they do to not show you things if you're in high school you're going to get somebody's attention in film school for pulling these tricks off but guess what this is supposed to be a professional film not a reason why i should be admitted as a freshman to film school it's embarrassing and the fact that i imagine Dolph just makes one of these after another after another and never looks back is honestly the worst thing he's ever done. It is unconscionable. 
he plays a mercenary in so many films, but I now realize he is a mercenary to just take money and let us watch whatever he makes. Yeah, whatever trails out of his ass as he leaves and heads off to churches where he doesn't fight. So, you know, in my best Dolph impersonation, the... Yeah. Yeah, I I can't do. Again, I thought something had happened with facial reconstruction. I'm like, is his mouth not able to move the way it used to? Mm. Stroke. Yeah, I did. I really thought, like, uh, like for a moment I had empathy, and then I just, it returned to hatred very quickly. You know, I remember hearing that Dolph didn't speak English when they were shooting Rocky IV, and he was basically just being fed lines that he would repeat. Well, this, if that's true, this movie, all these years later, doesn't prove that that's not how he still does it. Right. Yeah, I guess if it ain't broke. He was better in In the Name of the King too. <laughs> it was. That was a better film. I agree. I hate to say that because it was shit too, but... You hate to give Uwe Wall a compliment. He is not in the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> it's like, I have a puppy. I'm cleaning up shit around the house and there are levels of shit. i much rather pick up the solid turd she does on the pad than the diarrhea liquid she'll do on the floor. I mean, there are grades of shit here and this one's diarrhea <laughs> liquid. This just felt like so many... Again, you didn't even watch some of those Living Dead movies I watched. And some of those were worse than this. There was one that takes place at a horror convention that literally felt like a fan film that got distributed. There's some that have Sid Haig in them, and they treat it like he's their Dolph. There's so many bad ones I suffered through. You say we're done. Maybe we're done in the video game series. I'm not convinced that something in our Living Dead series isn't going to come out of the grave and bite us with another movie this bad. Mm-hmm. You're right. I am starting to really grow hatred for this zombie genre. And it is because of things like this. Because they can hurt us in this way, I never want to watch another one. The good ones aren't good enough to fight off the pain. Yeah, 28 Days Later is almost good enough to fight off an army of this movie, but it's close. But yes, as you say, we are coming to the end of the video game retrospective. There's not that many more to do, but our next one is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I'm loving the references they're making. I don't know if you guys saw that poster and realized it, but that poster with Jim Carrey and Sonic and Knuckles is a complete recreation of the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 video game cover. Uh, I have not been paying attention to any of it. I think I did see a trailer. I think I heard Idris Elba has been turned into Knuckles. Poor guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll experiencing that pretty fresh. I'm not going to go in spoiled with any knowledge in two weeks. In the meantime, I'm going to go see some shit that kind of looks like this movie, Morbius. Morbius looks so much better than this. So much better. Mm, I don't know about so much better. It looks like it has more money. I've been waiting for this film for a very long time, and I'm still not convinced it's going to be good. But the writers of this are already making the next movie in Sony's Spider-Verse called Madam Web. So not only will we get to review Morbius, but we'll get to know if we should fear Madam Web. Do you actually think there's a chance this movie could be good? Oh, yeah. I mean, but I like Venom. That's true. 
But Venom looks so much better than this. I've liked the Morbius character for a very long time, so there is a shot that I could like a film adaptation of that character. We will find out next week. Meanwhile, we can go from the cheapest made movie to one of the most expensive in a week. That's how Now Playing works. This Friday, we're reviewing the ultimate Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, wrapping up all eight of the Harry Potter series. Ooh, the final one. Yep. If you want to hear all of the Harry Potter reviews, it's a donation of $25 or more. Seven of them are out right now. The eighth is out this Friday. So if you start listening now, you should be ready for eight right around the time that show gets released. Assuming you're not just binging them and you're listening a few a day. (laughs) And then next week, we continue with the Fantastic Beasts series, which you can hear for $35 or more. You get the Harry Potter reviews and the Fantastic Beasts reviews. And later this summer, the Twilight reviews. So you can find all those details at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. And let me say, in the darkness of Dead Trigger, it is the light of our donors that keep me pushing play. Oh yeah, anything looks better after this. I mean, bring it on. Most joyless zombie movie. I don't think this can be topped. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely excited beyond control for Sonic 2 now. Yeah. Which I was not looking forward to. So, thank mm-hmm. you. Unkill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and until next time, game over. Okay, that's it, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And that's how you want a damn show! Boom! Come back to nowplayingpodcast.com each week for another new movie review podcast. Bring you the next one. And in the nowplayingpodcast.com archives, you can find reviews of other video game movies, including Resident Evil, The Wizard, Street Fighter, Double Dragon, Tomb Raider, Rampage, and more. Sir, how long do we have to do this? As long as it takes. Also at our site, you can find hundreds of other movie reviews, including Star Wars, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Independence Day, The Avengers films, Back to the Future, Batman, Superman, The Fast and the Furious, and more. Aren't you proud? Of course we're proud. Yes, ma'am, we're very proud. Do you want to continue? Insert money now to keep playing, now playing. The truth is we need to expand. Now Playing Podcast is a show without any sponsors or ads. We rely on support from listeners like you to keep Now Playing operating. What do you say, kid? Want to be a hero? You can donate to the show and, as our thank you, receive bonus podcasts. Over 150 bonus movie reviews are available to choose from on the Now Playing Podbean page, including Alien, Night of the Living Dead, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Psycho, Troll, and more. Find a full list of available bonus shows at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. So where's my money? You can also join the Now Playing Patron campaign through our Podbean site. Patrons of $10 or more get a new exclusive movie review every month. Plus, even more perks. Find the details on our website. You know what this shit costs? 
You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review on Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, or your other podcast store of choice. All right, you heard him. Load up. You can follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post announcements of new episodes and where the hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are available on our homepage. You follow me upstairs. Now Playing Podcast is produced by Arnie Carvalho. Associate produced by Jason Latham. Who the hell are y'all two? By the looks of things, your new best friends. Now Playing is edited by Heath and Arnie. Before you now are two very important men in your life. Now Playing credits read by Brock. Did anyone ever tell you you talk too much? The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Enganza Media Incorporated. Be direct. Be aggressive or be dead. This podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created or produced the film or game discussed in this podcast. Now Playing is an independent movie review podcast with no affiliation with any company involved in the publishing, creating, or distribution of that film or game. The film and all music and clips used are the property of the original copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Look, we can debate about this shit later, okay? Right now, we need to evac. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2022. All rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. We became their new one. We became the Dead Triggers. Walker, without any serum left, goes back into the city to try to rescue a church full of survivors they came upon on the mission. And didn't take with them. <laughs> help, help my congregation and save them. Okay, and then they leave in a truck. What the hell? <laughs> There's not room for you five people in this truck. You're going to have to stay here. <laughs> I really thought I missed something. <laughs> No, I don't get it. That was such a, like, ghosting. He, he's like, oh, yes, I will help your people. And the next thing you know, they are gone. <laughs> what these dead triggers don't know is their mission is at the behest of Cyglob Corporation. Kind of a globe. <laughs> is it Cyglobe? I honestly thought it was Cyglob. I thought that's what they were saying. That's how it's spelled. There's no E? There's no E. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess it's Cyglob. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Maybe there's like an umlaut over the O. <laughs> but that would just be Cygloob. Cygloob. I just kept thinking of the Mr. Show Globochem Corporation. <laughs> oh, wait, there is an E at the end. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> What these dead triggers... <laughs> I mean, I'll give them that much. They can spell globe. <laughs> this movie is so pathetic. <laughs> so bad. We didn't know if they could spell <laughs>
home. (laughs) (laughs) Tears, and I'm only at the plot summary. (laughs) I can't blame you. They couldn't afford an E. They couldn't afford to even have like a conference room in a in a in a big building. They They have to send the lobby. They were in like a lobby somewhere. Yeah. Dead trigger unkilled, and uh, I don't know why we would want to see more killing, but that's they, they've been truthful in that advertising. 